This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. LCMS disaster response teams traveled immediately to the twin disasters of Hurricanes Harvey in Texas and Irma in Florida. Traveling with them were members of the LCMS Communications Department. Their role was to document the situation and relay to the public how the LCMS was responding to the situation in those areas. People were able to follow the ongoing efforts on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media, thanks to the LCMS communicators who went with the disaster response team. I speak with two of these people, Pam Nielsen and the Reverend Kevin Armbrust, on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. The spending deal that President Donald Trump cut last week with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, and that was passed by a Republican-controlled Congress, breaks one of Trump's unambiguous campaign promises. It funds Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider. Fiscal year 2017 will end on September 30th, and the spending law Trump signed Friday will essentially continue federal funding from that date through December 8th at the same levels and for the same purposes as the legislation currently funding the government. That means both Planned Parenthood's Title X and Medicaid funding can continue into fiscal year 2018, which begins on October 1st. A Missouri Planned Parenthood affiliate has announced they will begin providing abortions later this month at locations in Kansas City and Columbia as a result of a federal judge's actions earlier this year. The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services issued an operating license for the Kansas City Clinic in late August. It is expected that the license for the Columbia Clinic will be issued within the next week. Hurricane Harvey has been declared the most expensive rainfall disaster in American history, outstripping previous hurricanes that hit New Orleans in 2005 and New York City in 2012. Recovery is expected to cost anywhere from $150 billion to $180 billion. Texas churches damaged by Hurricane Harvey filed a lawsuit against the Federal Emergency Management Agency, claiming they have been denied disaster relief grants due to their religious status. FEMA's disaster relief policy states that facilities established or primarily used for political, athletic, religious, recreational, vocational, or academic training, conferences, or similar activities are not eligible for grants. The Federal Trade Commission is warning consumers about a flood insurance scam targeting those who have been affected by Hurricane Harvey. The FTC says homeowners and renters are getting fraudulent robocalls telling them their flood premiums are past due and demanding payment. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. 
Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. With me today are Pam Nielsen and Kevin Armbrust with the LCMS Communications Department. They have been very heavily involved in the efforts that have been going on in Houston, in Texas, and in Florida in the wake of these one-two punches that we received at the hands of these horrible hurricanes. Pam, let me start with you and ask you why you all were down there. What were you doing down there in the communications department? You're not actually part of the disaster response, are right. you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we took a crew along with Reverend Ross Johnson, who's the, the director of LCMS Disaster Response, traveled with him to Texas, met up with the Texas District Disaster Coordinator, uh, eventually met up with uh, the District President Hennings, Reverend Ken Hennings, and um, also with President Harrison. We were down there six days, and we we just followed where the disaster went. Um, so we started in the Corpus Christi area where the hurricane came on shore in the little seaside communities of Rockport and Aransas Pass and um, other places there where we have congregations. And we wanted to see the damage. We wanted to talk to the pastors and hear from them firsthand and tell that story. And then we worked our way over to Houston, where the, really the disaster was still underway. New flooded areas, uh, whole sections that you couldn't access, um, but already the church, congregations, pastors, people, helping each other, helping their communities responding. And so that was sort of like on the ground. And then there was this need for Reverend Johnson and the Texas district folks to say, okay, this is huge. What are we going to do uh, not just this week, but next week. This is a long-term, I kept hearing, I don't know about you, Kevin, two to three year sort yeah. of recovery yep. um, uh, to rebuild um, people's homes, infrastructure. And um, so there was that sort of assessment going on and beginning to make a plan, volunteers, goods and services, timetables. And we were there to kind of record that tell that story and to meet people who'd been directly affected, pastors and 
lay members and tell their stories. So, so Ross Johnson was actually the one who's directing the disaster Absolutely. release. He's the he's the, the uh, manager. Uh, I believe yes, is the title, he's the director of director of uh, disaster response. Yes, and your role was to let the rest of the Senate and the world know exactly what it was we were doing down there. Right. Yeah. You know, in any time when you have a disaster, it doesn't matter what organization that responds. Even as you're responding and needing to assess and bring resources together, there's an equally great need to get the word out. What's going on on the ground, what we're doing on the ground, how people can help most. Is that sending financial gifts? Is it goods? Is it services? Is it volunteer hours? Um, And as soon as that, that hit, Harvey, phones were going off both here and in Texas. How can we help? Where do we send money? What can we do? So our job in that situation is to handle telling the story, answering the questions, kind of even thinking what the questions are going to be ahead of time and getting it out so that we don't have, like we saw in some of these communities, piles of donated clothes in parking lots that will eventually have to be bulldozed away and taken to a dump because nobody needs used clothing or shoes. But they were there. (laughs) Kevin, what did you... uh experience down there. And now I know that with the communications department, you all are multimedia. Your print, your new media, your video, video, you name it. You guys do everything but radio, which we do up here. And of course, we cooperate very, very closely. What were you doing down there with this multimedia? How are you handling the different forms? Well, we we did a lot of um, Facebook Live. We worked with um, social media with our social media coordinator back here in St. Louis. We had a lot of video, and then our photographer was there for, for those kinds of media. And we wrote stories, and we continue to, to generate different kinds of, of media that we can use to, to get the word out um, of the need, but also to celebrate the work that God is doing through his people. Just I, We were all just, as usual, overwhelmed by the work of God through his church. Uh, pastors we met, lay people we met, uh, just just literally dropped everything and, and wanted to help any way possible. Some whose, whose houses were affected and they still went and helped other people instead of taking care of their own house first, right. which, which really, um, it, it, it's always part of the odd joy of going to a place where people are facing adverse conditions is that the people of God really love their neighbor and it's it's really an amazing thing to watch. I interviewed the head of a Lutheran school down there, and she was telling me that in the height of the storm, she got a call from one of her staffers who said, look, our house has just been flooded out. I'm going to go over to the school building where I can stay on the second floor. And he goes up there, and he sees all these people out in the street, you know, fleeing their homes and he calls back and says let's open the doors let these people right. in and she said uh, they had 150 people just came in and and i've heard the story again and again and again from the different churches that mm-hmm. they opened their doors to the people who needed without regard to whether you're lutheran christian jewish doesn't matter yeah shelter shelter and this mm-hmm. is part of what we were doing one thing that really struck me is that we are on the ground we the church we have congregations everywhere. Our people are already on the scene. We people, we have people there working before the responders like FEMA and the other government agencies are there. We're, in, in a very real sense, the first responders. Mm-hmm. 
And that's something that really struck me is that we have the infrastructure in place. The, the feds and the state don't. Well, we were there, but, but we are, our disaster focus really is uh, more of a long term. We're not rescuers. Now, rescues were going on at the congregational level when neighborhoods around a church were inundated and people of their own got in boats and rafts and canoes and went to get people out of houses. Uh, that was not organized by us. Um, and we actually don't have the capacity to do, you know, true first response in that we're doing search and rescue, uh, that kind of thing. We were there uh, to see what was going on, to offer assistance to these congregations, to the district. But really, the beauty of what this church body does is years later, after the cameras leave, the mm -hmm. news crews are done with the story. They've moved on. After the Red Cross has done its initial stuff, FEMA's done all it's going to do. We're still there. Well, we're still there in, for example, in the New Orleans area, 12 exactly. years after right. after uh, Katrina. 12 years and 6,000 homes rebuilt in East New Orleans because of the Lutheran uh, disaster response. Well, Fabulous. What, well, what I meant by, by first responders and infrastructure is that our congregations are already there. They're on the ground. You're yeah. right. Beautiful. Yes. They know the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. They know the needs of their people. They know where they are. One thing, for example, uh, again, I've heard time and time again from the from the congregations have spoken to down there where the pastors and the staff would use the internet to keep track of their yes. people and find out who's in trouble and who isn't in trouble there was one case i spoke to of uh of a, a church in, in the houston area where uh the pastor there got a text from an from a widow lady an, old, an elderly woman who's one of his congregations saying hey, Water's coming to my house. Help, what do I do? And he put out a message on Facebook, and he said inside of 15, he had 15 responses in less than a minute. And somebody actually went through in a kayak. Yes. And got the lady out. That was going on. We saw it. Um, by the time we got to Houston, people had been rescued. But then there was, oh, my medicine. It's all in my bathroom. Can someone get me back to my house to get my medicine or whatever, some some things. So, and it was like that. We saw little floaties and kayaks and canoes and bigger boats. Yeah. Um, the, the, once again, you just saw people, whatever they had, they used to help their neighbor. Exactly. Or, and, it, and neighbor not meaning the person they know, just whoever needed it. Whoever yeah. needed it. Yeah. And, and, and these, the thing is that these waters rushed in uh, in places that weren't expecting to be flooded, um, in neighborhoods that you, you couldn't imagine that you'd ever have this problem. And um, we talked to a church worker, a DCE, who lived in a, what was the former parsonage across the street from the school. And, and they literally ran as waters rushed into their house across the street to the school, which was on a little higher ground, waters rushed in there. They had to go to a higher spot in the church. You know, the just the kind of terror that some of these people experienced. You couldn't even believe that this would happen, and then suddenly you're you're actually in danger. And uh, and then the congregations immediately began just doing. And you're right, right there, first responding, and probably before. Yeah, the National mm -hmm. Guard or anybody showed up. Um, and that's just an organic thing. And I think, would you say, Kevin, it is born out of of who we are in Christ. And they, they want to help their neighbor. Not that only Christians did that. That was going on all over. 
Texas mm-hmm. and the city. And you also got a lot of this... Uh, well, we're Texas. We got this. You know, <laughs> yeah. Texans are kind of proud of of uh, taking care of things, and they were. <laughs> we ran into um, some guys who had set up down in the community of Rockport. They were grilling hamburgers, and they had drinks and stuff. And they're like, "Hey, you need something to eat?" And I'm like, "No, no, we we, are, we leave it for the people who need it." And they're like, "No, really?" And I said, "So who are you guys?" He said, "Well, we got a ranch. We we grow beef, and or we have beef, and we just." packed up a bunch of stuff and came down here because we knew people be hungry. Wow. And and they were very glad yeah. to do it. Yep. And uh, and that was pervasive. Everywhere. Um, you could tell that story over and over and over yeah. with the number of smokers that were there. Yeah, in, and, in a neighborhood, and, like a suburban neighborhood. Yeah. So this, they said, oh, yeah, these people just showed up with their trailer, with their smoker. They smoked all night. And now they're feeding everybody who's yep. here. And it was good Texas barbecue. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> you know what it reminds me a little bit is of 9-11. Remember how all these people responded to 9-11 yeah. were bringing in food, were bringing in supplies without being asked. They just did it. Right. And this is so much the message that is given to us by Christ. Uh, remember, there was the, uh, the I think it was the camel herder who asked uh, Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Yeah, and, and the... The, the real strength of the church is that we are the body of Christ. Yeah. And, and it's not that we're the body of Christ at a synodical level, not that we're the body of Christ at the district level. It's that we're, we're the body of Christ, and in each individual person, as they interact with neighbor, brings yeah. the love of Christ to their neighbor right. through, first of all, spoken word as we proclaim the gospel, but mm-hmm. also through acts of love. And, yeah. and in times like this, when, when, when we simply love, Yes. With with the love that is inherent in us because of our baptism, because of what Christ has done for us, we simply live out our faith by a loving neighbor. And when non-believers join in that as well, loving neighbor selflessly, again, we see God's providence that, that he will work through anybody to bless people. And, and this is part of the amazing grace of God mm-hmm. is that he promises to use whatever means necessary to, to take care of people and to bless people. And and we see God at work through oh. Christians, through non-Christians, through all kinds of people, God yes. providing for people, taking care of needs, you know, through the people who are there. And um, the church then comes alongside all those people with the gospel. And and we have the, the blessed opportunity then to explain what this love is that people are seeing displayed. Well, let me go back a little bit in history. When did the LCMS, we've been around since, what, 1847? Yeah. When did the LCMS sit down and say to ourselves, we have to go out and help people in distress? When did we first get the idea of creating a disaster response? And why? The the theology behind that. Well... What I understand, and this will be rough because I wasn't around back then, but um, really, <laughs> it goes it goes back. We had this organization, World Relief and Human Care, and um, for many years it was sort of an in and out thing. When something like this would happen, people would say, "Well, we want to support through the church," so they'd send their money, and then the church would say, "Oh, here's a congregation that has need, or here's some," and then we'd send out a grant. So we we'd pass money through. Then, as I understand, there was a a tornado that struck not too terribly far from here, from St. Louis, and by this time. Uh, President Harrison, Matthew Harrison, he was the head of World Relief and Human Care. And and as his 
his former staff have told me many times, he just said, we just, we're just going to go. We need, we're going to go. Let's get in a car. Let's get some water. Let's buy some sandwiches. And let's just drive down there and see what they need. And I think that was the start of it. And so in some ways, you and you hear people call this this ministry of presence. You know, one of the biggest things is that you came, that you came and you walked with me. You prayed with me. Um, you let me know that I wasn't alone, mm. um, not physically alone, not spiritually alone. That and, is so important. Yeah. And and you brought something tangible, which then that grew. Well, what do you need? Uh Oh, my goodness, this has happened to your town. I know that President Harrison would often say, could I preach for you on Sunday? Would that would that be of help? Or I'll come back and I'll lead the liturgy for you so you don't have to worry about it. So that kind of help. Um, and then, well, we have th- three families where their whole house has been blown away by this tornado or whatever. Then let's, let's get you some some tools or some supplies or let's organize volunteers. It was a thing that sort of grew. And then, you know, they talk about there was sort of a decade of disaster where we had major disasters. You had Katrina, you had Superstorm Sandy, and in between that, uh, huge um, southern tornadoes where multiple states would be hit in a two-day span. You had international disasters like Japan and the Philippines and Haiti earthquakes, and and that would all happen in this sort of decade as they were developing this. And and um, as it grew up, it became a thing of, can we bring capacity? Can we come and walk alongside the local leader? And you know, you hear President Harrison say so often, local problems have local solutions. So even when we come in from St. Louis, it's to walk alongside and to listen, mostly listen. Yeah, we're not there to tell them. We're, no, and and they're reporting. Here's what we know. Here's the situation. Here's what we think we're going to need. And then, well, what? How can we help? And when when donor dollars come in, when we can bring capacity to a church that couldn't possibly raise that kind of money themselves, but have have huge need now. So maybe we can um, pay for supplies to to rebuild or whatever whatever the thing is. So um, we. We're able to bring that. We're able sometimes to bring some expertise. Oh, my goodness. We've never had a a tornado hit anywhere near here. Well, guess what? We know Pastor so-and-so two states away. His church was wiped off the face of the earth, and they just dedicated their new sanctuary, and he's lived through that. And let us put you together with him. We can be a resource. We provide training for um congregations if they want to be trained to respond to disasters so this is this lutheran early response team training lert and there's something like 15,000 now lay and pastors across the country who've gone through this training it's like a eight hour uh training it's we got both theological component, why we do what we do, but also some real practical things that if you're going to respond to a flood, you should know these things. You're going to respond to a just tornado, whatever. And then out of that, you see developing, and it's really beautiful, um, these teams at the congregational level who they're organized. And then we have the development of the disaster trailers where LWML came on board and said, well, we'll fund some of these. So there's a ton of congregations now that have a trailer that are all tricked out with tools and supplies. And they, they're they like, there's a tornado, you know, 100 miles away. We're on it. We'll be over there. We'll, we'll help with that flood. And and they do that. And, you know, Kevin, you can tell about 
that happened um, down in Rockport. There was a church from, what, five hours away, Dallas? Yeah. Yep. That, that as soon as they heard this was happening, they immediately got on um, the internet and email and just asked for, he basically said, we need 20 people to go down and they're going to do two different trips, about 11 each. And he actually got 11 people that could leave right away. And then they came down They're They're so well prepared for this that they come con- completely self-contained. They don't put any burden on the community to which they're going. They bring their own food. They don't need lodging. They bring their own tools, own gloves, everything. And it, it really is such a blessing for people to just be able to come into this community, any community that has need. They, they do drop everything and go. Um, all volunteers, they come with their own tools. Some of them are very skilled in what they're doing. And, and they really do a great job of, of just showing up and helping. Kevin, you are ordained. Yes. What does the Bible tell us about helping people in need? Well, the... I think it's it's actually quite simple, and and this this is something I I, I say often is, is that it's the verse that everyone knows. It's John three sixteen. You know, God so loves the world. He he doesn't love certain people in the world or certain kinds of people in the world or Lutherans. He loves the world, and and that love results in an action. That love is an action. It's the giving of His Son, and as the body of Christ, we simply live out that love. In the way that God loves, so do we. We're Christians. This is what we do. This is what we do. Because this is what our God does. Well, Pam, uh, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for being on the program. I know we've got some more things going on. We've got the problems down in Florida. We've got wildfires out in the West Coast. We've got earthquakes down in Mexico. The Senate's going to be hopping. Yep. It's a broken world we live in, but as Kevin says, we know a guy, Jesus Christ who is our savior and redeemer. And uh, he sees and he blesses and he guides all this work. Amen. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.